apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Shepard all alone. Shepard breaks a tackle and into the end zone. Sterling Shepard. It's in. Thibodeau got there. Got the ball out. Scooped it and scored. Touchdown Giants. Kiva Thibodeau. Second down five. Jones again. Oh, here he goes. He can see the pylon. Touchdown. Barkley. Looking for a seam. Great cut. Saquon Barkley in for the touchdown. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Jawing About the G-Men Giants football podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by King Zay. And it's rough. I mean, last week, uh, myself and Justin, we missed out on some big news as soon as as soon, like, I mean, I don't want to say as soon, maybe like an hour after we ended the show, we went early last week at one. News comes out. Giants trade for Darren Waller. Uh, details on the trade. Giants send a third-round pick uh, to the Raiders for Darren Waller. That third-round pick is actually the pick uh, from the Kadarius Tony trade. So you turn Kadarius Tony into Darren Waller. And also, I mean, I, I said it as soon as it happened. I've been posting it all over social media, all over, uh, all over uh, uh, on the John about the G Man Facebook page. In Joe Shane, we trust. In Shane, we trust. Gets it done, but doesn't just stop there. He's also able to restructure the contract with Darren Waller, saving four, uh, seven point four million on this year's cap. Maybe that's to go out and get a guy like uh, uh, Odell or something. We'll see what comes from that. It's exciting. Uh, I, I know that the the Raiders GM talked about uh, uh, issues with Darren Waller's uh, uh, durability. Uh, he got injured last year. Uh, they wanted him to come back earlier. 
Uh, he didn't feel he was ready, um, which is good on him. It was, a, I believe, a hamstring. Uh, so, so I'm not going to take too much. Uh, the general manager of the team is always going to try and rush a player back, especially in the quote I, I read. The first thing he said was, it's about durability. And then he goes into how much. Uh, they're paying Darren Waller. When that's the first thing you're talking about, an injury, how much you're paying them for sitting out, then, then I don't think you have the, the player's best interest at hand. So I'm excited. The Giants, uh, I, I'm very excited what Joe Shane's done. This has been a great offseason. Zay, what do you think of the move? And can Darren Waller be that number one pass catcher that the Giants have so desperately needed for the past couple years? No, um, no. Uh, that's a nice signing. It's a fancy signing, but all we did was trade one player who couldn't stay healthy for another player who can't stay healthy, and basically, you know, that's the end of the situation. I mean, it looks nice. It's a great idea that when he's healthy, you know, Daniel Jones will have another target out there, another weapon that he could possibly use on the field, and even possibly in the, when the Giants go into some type of blocking situation you can have two big get um big tight ends on both sides of the line but as far as that goes that's really it it's not much um now if you were telling me to be trading for now a deandre hopkins i'd be like oh that's exciting you know the giants need a number one receiver this guy we know he can be that and he has been been that for many teams but as far as the damn wall it's just like again it's just a fancy you know, shiny trophy. It looks good on paper. Um, again, Wait, don't bring up injury. Don't bring up injuries and that stuff. And then talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Since that trade, he he has not been healthy, brother. Granted, granted, that's I've, that's that's definitely true. But he's been more relatively effective and healthy than Darren Waller has been. And Darren Waller has been hurt multiple seasons, not just one. You know, going back to last year, he's been hurt many seasons. He's been known as a player who's been injury prone, similar to Kadarius Tony. So that's why I really didn't care this much. And we traded a guy who wasn't playing for us for a guy who we hope will play. But most likely, if story is what it is, he may not play for us. Darren Waller might be an injury prone guy, like everyone says. And it, like I said, it is what it is. I'm more. F- I think as Giants fans, we're probably more focused on the draft and getting more weapons around Daniel Jones. I, I get Darren Waller is what it is. It, it, it looks fancy. I don't think it's going to translate to anything great. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I get where you're coming from. I, obviously, yeah, he has been injured. The I, I will say, though, this is probably the most talented uh, pass catcher that Daniel Jones has ever had. Uh, I mean, Darren Waller's done some spectacular things uh, f- for the Raiders. Uh, so so I, I I can see him turning back the clock. I can see him. And also, I mean, the giant Joe Shane again. I'm going to we're going to be talking about him all offseason long because, I mean, also uh, underrated signing in Parrish Campbell. I know that that's not a wide receiver one, but that's still going to be a guy. You have a lot of depth at, at pass catcher. You just need that 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 big number one wide receiver. Darren Waller would be great uh, if he turned. I, I I could see with with Dable, Darren Waller lining up on the outside, uh, setting some mismatches with some corners. Like I know, uh, shout out to Joe. That's something he talked a lot about 
uh, Evan Ingram doing. I can see Darren Waller doing that. And uh, I think that that's good for the Giants in the long run. Listen, if he is injured a couple games, that that's all right. I I mean, I, I like Bellinger too. I, I think you got that. Just them making these move, making moves like this, uh, trying to better, trying to put Daniel Jones in the best situation possible to to be the best quarterback he can be, and, and that's all you can ask for right now. Uh, obviously, wide receiver one is uh, is still a big necessity. Whether that is going to end up being Odell Beckham Jr., which I don't think it should be. Because after how long it's been, uh, after a year without playing, uh, he shouldn't be thrusted into the wide receiver one uh, conversation. But for the way the Giants are doing this, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, Joe Shane does have a guy he's got that 25th pick eyed on. Or I I don't know. Maybe they are trying to do something and end up getting DeAndre Hopkins. But I don't think the Giants are done. Uh, I, there's still needs, but I, I mean, as far as this goes, this is, this is the best, the best the Giants have done, uh, in a while. I wouldn't go that, I wouldn't go that far. I think it's the best they've done in recent memory, but I don't, I don't know about in a while. Um, well, besides, besides when they last made the suit, uh, the, the playoffs. They made those transactions, bringing in Janoris Jenkins. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. And I, I don't know about a while. Well, I mean, well, in recent history, because 2016, you know, you can go back there, like you said. You that, that's there. seven years ago at the, this point, Zay. That, yeah, that's, that's a while. Said, recent history, you know, it's what it is what it is. So I'm not, I'm not going back. Oof. You're saying uh, I, this is like the first one they've had in 20 years. It's not the first good free agency they've had in 20 years. They've had pretty decent free agency. When you look at the team last year, a lot of the team last year, the reason they were able to get that far is because of prior free agencies and players who were brought back and kept on that roster. So, I mean, again, I, I guess it was just one way of looking at it, but it is what it is, bro. Um, as far as the, just the Giants and, and, and this whole – I need everyone to get off this whole Odell Beckham idea, this whole – it's not going to happen. The Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, they're getting what they're getting. The market is what it is for these guys. And I, it's, I, sorry to say it, I don't see a situation where the Giants can afford 15000 a year for either player. And I just think that's what it comes down to. I think if Saquon Barkley wants to continue being a Giant, I think he's going to take that franchise tag this year and have one of the greatest running back seasons in running back history if he wants more money. But again, you're, you know, 20, he's going to be what? 27th in the next year or something like that? You're talking about up there in age, you're talking about injuries. Odell Beckham is my age. We're 31. Two injuries, two major injuries. The market is what it is for these guys. I think the Giants need to focus on the draft and look for other ways to find a one receiver or maybe a future running back. As I'm, I'm sorry to break Giants fans' hearts who love these guys, but like I said, if Saquon doesn't play on a franchise tag, I don't think he'll be back. And as far as Odell Beckham goes, unless he takes a significant pay cut, I don't ever see him wearing a Giants uniform ever again. 
Uh, well, I mean, ooh, I, uh, Odell did tweet he want he's looking for four right now. Uh, there were reports he was looking for upwards of twenty. Uh, I, I mean, four mil a year. Like, I'll, I'll take a flyer out one year, four mil uh, on Odell. But no, he, he said four ain't gonna do it. He said twenty. Oh he yeah, okay. But four ain't gonna do it. So okay, he five. He wants somewhere between eight and ten million a year. Okay, and then I, I mean, okay, but I, I mean, I, I like what Joe Shane's think- doing, saving the money with Waller. Um, I, I will say, no, listen, I, I, I know everyone's talking about Odell, but I, I think another person, I, I think Joe Shane has his eyes on, I, Darius Slay, he, he isn't officially a free agent. I know, like, they were going to release him. Now it's looking like he might come back. That's a guy that, that can really help the secondary. And, I mean, everyone so everyone loves the offense, so we're talking about the wide receiver one. No, the Eagles brought him back. The Eagles brought him back. Well, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, Charlton it's still go. wild. Yeah, they let Charlie Gardner go. They pulled back. Um, they pulled yeah. back Slay. I think it's like a one-year deal or something like that. Yeah, so, well, I mean, no, they just never released him, so he's still on his – same deal, but uh, yeah. So I there's, I don't know, and also I mean he could be uh saving the money with Darren Waller to put that towards a Saquon thing. I I, I do expect the Giants to to get another running back uh in the draft this year. Try and build someone up. They kept Matt Matt Breda, who was a solid running back too. So it's not going to be all on Saquon this year. And so what? If Breda looks good, I I, I see a bunch of mocks. I, I don't like people mocking uh, that much. But, I mean, I everyone's got a some running back going to the Giants. And if that guy can break out, he'll just be serviceable a little bit. The, the Giants, when they were at their best, their last uh, the, the last two Super Bowls, it was not just one running back. Yeah, Brandon Jacobs was that guy, was the number one guy, but there was always an Ahmad Bradshaw right there. Like, the, it, it was more of a by-committee type thing. And, and I think if you want to preserve Saquon Barkley, you need to lean to that uh, a little bit more. This I, year. I've seen a couple of mod previews to see that have the Giants taking a wide receiver. It's like um, Addison from... Yes, see, I think yeah, Mike Mayock, the most recent one, he had the Giants actually taking him, Addison from USC. Um, so I mean, like I said, mock drafts are what Joe Roy says. It's just mock drafts, just people trying to talk. No one knows what the hell is going to happen. There's going to be trades. There's going to be movement. There's going to be players trying to move up, teams trying to move up, teams trying to move back. There's going to be a lot of stuff that always happens. We see draft night. We. I have no clue which direction the Giants. We, you know, we all could be someone a receiver, and the Giants could be thinking, you know, there's so much depth at receiver in this draft. Why don't we go get a guard first? Why don't we get a center? The Giants just, you know, lost both their centers, uh, starting centers of last year. One signing with the 49ers, and I don't remember where the other one went. Um, remind me where he went. Uh, it's a need regardless. I I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not not exactly uh, sure, but I know Feliciano just recently left for the 49ers. So the Giants do need a center. I think the only one left is Bredesen. He's not really a center. It's just someone we moved over there. 
Yeah. Again, we don't know how this draft is going to go. It's probably not going to be one of the Giants' most prettiest drafts, but I think it will address certain needs and help plug a ton of holes. Well, not a ton of holes. I don't think the team has a ton of holes. I wouldn't go that far, but it it will plug a majority of the holes, like guard, center, maybe another corner. Um, We'll just just sign on safety. Maybe we'll add one of those later in the draft. Um, So, again, the Giants have many options, many routes they can go. At my draft, just just people trying to talk crap. No, I got (laughs) you. I I will say back before we move on, back to the running back point. Uh, One of the best running backs this year, Damian Pierce. He wasn't a first-round guy. Uh, You can find a a good value running back to – ease the load on Saquon Barkley in the later round. So I, I hope the Giants do that. But in Shane, we trust. That's going to be my motto for the, the – we got to the playoffs. We won a playoff game. In Shane, we trust. He's doing – he's making the team better uh, on paper. We're going to have to see it on the field. But right now, I'm trusting what he's putting down. But, uh, all right, that's going to do it for the Giants talk. But we're going to stay in New York, and we're talking about your favorite team, Zay, the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers intends on playing for the Jets. It's very weird right now. He comes out on the Pat McAfee show, mentions it. Um, uh, But right now, the Packers and Jets are still trying to work out compensation. Uh, The the Packers can hold out till. like mid April till train or late April till training camp starts. Cause that's when they're, they would have to start paying Aaron Rodgers. So it, it seems like, uh, it's not really a rush that they're going to eventually figure the stuff out. Obviously jets also signing uh, Alan Lazard to try and ease that. Obviously Nathaniel Hackett coming over as the OC. So uh, the writing's been on the wall. Now Aaron Rodgers finally verbalizes his opinion. Zay, does this move, if it gets done, I, I, it's looking like it is, but it still hasn't officially, does this make the Jets Super Bowl contenders? No. Ooh. Unless Jesus Christ himself suits up and puts on a helmet. <laughs> There's no absolute chance the Jets win a Super Bowl. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers is behind there. I don't care if Tom Brady's there. I don't care if Patrick Mahomes is there. It's just not going to happen for the Jets because the Jets will find a way to Jets this situation up like they always do. And again, I think I've made it clear many times to many Jet fans and to many people who I probably even said on the show, I don't understand the idea of not going after Lamar Jackson. The idea of Aaron Rodgers being once great and all this other stuff, he won the MVP a few years back, yada, 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 that's all good. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to give you a year, maybe two. And that's a big maybe, depending on how the first year goes. You could be ending up on your second year of Aaron Rodgers. He's not playing. You're paying him a boatload of money. And he's being a crybaby who made you change a bunch of players. You know, Alan Lazard, who I don't think the Jets are really even high on. I think the Jets were really, really high on their own wide receiving core and stuff like that. And Aaron Rodgers has his wish list of players he wants to play with or wish list does, you know, doesn't exist, does exist, whatever he says. I just don't like it. I think, again, Aaron Rodgers is wishy-washy. I don't like him. Um, he's been this way for a while. He's been this big prima donna child who 
when he doesn't get his way, he cries like a little girl and goes hides in a dark tunnel and does some thinking to himself. Uh, I, I would have made the, the move for Lamar Jackson. I think you get a guy who's young. He's only lost 16 games in his career. Uh, yeah, you run the risk of, you know, you could lose Lamar on a play because, you know, he's fancy or whatnot. And the way he, you know, the way he plays his, his game puts him at risk. But I would rather take that risk and get more years out of Lamar Jackson. Because, again, look at the Jets. The Jets could have first-round picks for the next 10 years, and they'd still F it up. So to, to you know, sign Lamar Jackson and lose two first-round picks, that to me is a win-win if you can get that job done. You have a young stud, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and you'll have him for very, very long times as he's looking for a, you know, contract with multiple years. You can lock yourself up with a potential future quarterback for the next 10 years. But as the New York Jets continue to do, they rather focus on the old, crusty, you know, going out of business guy like they did with Brett Favre. And it's going to go the exact same way because only a moron continues to do things the same exact way over and over and expecting a different result. And that is the New York Jets franchise. I'm only expressing this because I keep hearing these retards keep saying stupid things like, go after Rodgers this year and if it fails, trade for Lamar next year. No, you are a delusional fan base, a delusional franchise that will never win anything because you focus on delusions and this is how you work. This is why this team has had over, I don't know, what has it been, 60, 70 years almost at this point of nothing, no success, two AFC championships the most. I don't want to hear Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to hear Tom Brady unless, like I said, Jesus Christ himself comes down and throws on a helmet and pads. The New York Jets will not win a Super Bowl. Quote me on this, record me on this, clip me on this, play this a year, 10 years, 20 years from now, and I promise you I'll be exactly right. Listen, uh, I'm I'm with you there. Do I think that they are the favorites? No. But uh, with how good that defense was, with how good that defense was last year, uh, Quentin uh, Williams being a stud. Uh, obviously, you you, you uh, mentioned – you didn't mention, but you, you alluded to Sauce Gardner going to be one of the best cornerbacks in the league for a while. And then you also have – I mean, he Sauce Gardner was the defensive rookie of the year. On the other side, you have a, a the offensive rookie in the year and Garrett Wilson. So the answer – does this make the Jets the Super Bowl contender? The answer should be yes. It should be yes. Uh, also, Brees Hall uh, coming off an injury, uh, and he's going to share the workload with uh, James Robinson, who's good too. So, like, it it should be yes. But the one thing here that, that really makes me skeptical about it is Russell Wilson last year and looking at how that turned out. And it's giving me very, very similar vibes. I mean, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a lot more outspoken. Uh, he's a lot more of an attention whore uh, during this offseason. But that's how I'm feeling. Uh, I expect the, the Jets to be better. But I, I also expect Aaron Rodgers to struggle. And I do also – I wouldn't be surprised if we saw – I mean, we saw a regression from Aaron Rodgers last year – 
I mean, you're obviously going to regress from going from back-to-back MVPs, but we saw that regression and obviously losing Devontae Adams. But I, I think that that regression will continue. Aaron Rodgers will not be the same Aaron Rodgers he has been in the past. But I think if he does get to this team, the, the, there's enough talent around him. Like Tom Brady, Tom Brady wasn't like, the, the old Tom Brady when he got to, to Tampa Bay, he had a, a lot of good talent around him that, that was able to make it up. But listen, I, I'm going to say this b- before I let you uh, react to this. Say, I, I also would not be surprised if both these teams don't decide, can't come to an agreement on compensation and Aaron Rodgers just retires. Uh I was, I'm glad you brought it up. I was getting to that point. I mean, like I said, you and the Jet fans, the, the deal isn't done yet. That's one thing. That's another reason why I'm not just jumping on this. Like you said, they can end up in a stalemate, and Aaron Rodgers could say the hell with it. I'm done. It could honestly be that situation. And like I said, in Jets typical fashion, I wouldn't be shocked. It's the Jets. It's just like it's just something that they would do is put together a perfect team and couldn't pull off a trade that works out where they can keep a really good team and bring in a quarterback. But, again, this is the route you chose by not going after Lamar Jackson. Because to do a traditional trade, it's going to cost you some assets, whether it be a first-round pick, which all of us know Aaron Rodgers isn't worth at this point, or whether it be multiple picks, second, third-rounders, or players that you currently have on your roster who have impact, maybe they won't. Because you got to understand, if I'm the if I'm the Packers, I'm not gonna you know screw my fan base, screw my team. This is a team that's run by the the town, the, you know, the city of Wisconsin runs the Packers. Like this is like a whole committee crap they do. And if I'm the committee, the town. For the next 10, 20 years, I don't want to watch mediocre football. I don't want to watch Jordan Love throwing to nobodies. I'm going to need hey, something. Hey, Christian Watson's that. good, dude. And I think that's what the big problem with the trade is going to be, that the Jets are going to probably end up losing too much and getting only Aaron Rodgers back in return. I don't think it's going to be enough. Again, it's not that I don't think Aaron Rodgers. Still get, I do think he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the game. But I keep asking people that, you know, want to crap on, you know, as Giants fans for having Daniel Jones. I asked them this. When was the Jets playoff game last year? Or better yet, when was Aaron Rodgers' playoff game last year? Very true. Did you see one? Because I didn't. I mean, he had one week 18 and he lost. I mean, it was a winning in situation. No, no. What playoff team? That was the closest. They didn't make it. No, you're right. They, they didn't make it. And again, when you bring up the whole Brady thing, Brady moved from the NFC to the AFC. When Brady did that, we, especially at that time, we all know the AFC was just completely stronger of an animal. I don't think Brady, when he did what he did with the Bucks, he would have been able to do that on New England. I don't think he would have been able to go through Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen. I don't think these guys in the playoffs, he would want to, you know, Lamar Jackson. I don't think he wants. That's why he came to the NFC, in my opinion. He went to the weaker division. He gave himself a better opportunity to play. It's just, you know, 
That's how you gotta be. You gotta be smart about it sometimes. And I think that's what Brady's been his whole career. He's been smart about how he's handled contracts, how he's handled money, how he's handled the players he put around him outside of Antonio Brown. Um, but I, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that whole Brady choice, and I'm not comparing. And then when you talk about Russell Wilson, he left a Seattle Seahawks team that basically, you know, everything was created for Russell. When he was there, that offense, everything was created to cater to how Russell plays, how, you know, Russell likes to improvise on the fly and do all those things. And Pete Carroll gave him such a long leash that he was able to do that. And, and, you know, you go to Denver, that offense isn't catered for Russell Wilson. It wasn't built 10 years, you know, up for Russell Wilson. Like people keep forgetting Russell Wilson is a bad pass away from being the only quarterback, from from him and Pat Mahomes being the only two quarterbacks in the league with two Super Bowls within the last 10 years. He's literally one bad pass away from that. So uh, he's not terrible. He didn't lose it overnight. He came to a different situation that he was unfamiliar with, and that's the thing with Rodgers. He's going to be coming from a different situation he's not familiar with. It's not his team. It's not his playbook that he's been running for years. He's going to come to the Jets. He's He's not hanging out with teammates. He's not going to be at OTAs. He's not going to be doing all that because he's Aaron Rodgers, and they're just not going to gel well. This is going to be a mess made in hell. I'm telling you now. I'm sorry, Jeff. That's just what it comes down to. No, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I, I will say, comparing them to Russell Wilson, just the uh, arguments and front office stuff, uh, like them versus the team, that that's similar. But uh, I, I do bo- – before we move on, I want to say one thing. Just as you are saying, the Jets fans are delusional. Packers fans are just as delusional. Listen, I love Jordan Love. My mom's alma mater is Utah State. I love, I like Jordan Love. But if you think you're going to go back to back to back Hall of Famers like that, you're sadly mistaken. Jordan Love ain't like that. He could be great, but it's going to take some time. And he ain't never been that. <laughs> no. Listen, it it wouldn't surprise me if in the next two years he's at, I mean, if next year if he gets benched or something, like it, it it's not gonna happen. It, it you've been lucky the the with your past two quarterbacks. It, your luck's gonna run out here. Uh so yeah, yeah. Just as you say the Jets fans are delusional. Vi- uh the Packers fans, you're just as delusional. Uh, so yeah. All right. Let's wrap the show up off season, off sport talking NBA and, uh, big question as we want wind down the NBA season, Jokic versus Embiid, who will be the MVP? Now, listen, uh, I understand that the 76ers are hot right now. I understand that Embiid is uh, overtaking Jokic as the betting favorite to win the MVP. I understand that, but listen, that's that's a lot of recently bias. Uh, I, I understand the Nuggets have struggled, but this is a season-long award. Embiid is the better scorer. Right now he's averaging a career-high uh, 33 and a half points. He, he, he's the better, uh, he, he is the better defender. 
Uh, he can lock guys down, especially in the post. He makes blocks. Uh, but he, I, I will say Jokic's uh, defensive ability is underrated, especially uh, on the perimeter. Uh, he, he's a better perimeter defender than uh, Embiid. But uh, Jokic is a better playmaker uh, and more efficient. He's all, almost averaging a triple-double, and he's shooting over 60% and almost 40% from three. Uh, the big gripe with Embiid is he's missed uh, – is the game's missed. And uh, But I don't think that should necessarily take away from what Embiid has done. But when you do talk about the most valuable player, when your team is 9-4 and four without you, are you the most – Valuable player to your team in the league. The the nugget the uh, the Nuggets are three and five without Joker. The 76ers have Harden and Maxi who have shown that they can carry the team when they need to. The Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, they need Jokic to set them up to be the best versions of themselves. Listen, last year I was surprised when Jokic won MVP. I was very high. I, I thought it was between Giannis and Embiid. Uh, I, I thought Embiid should have won. Now it looks like Embiid's going to win just because it's uh, of recency bias. But I, I think Joker. I, I think the Joker should win it. Like he's making his team mates better around him, defensively. Like people like to knock him, but I, I do think perimeter wise he's better than Embiid. He isn't like a, he he isn't a rim protector like Embiid. But I I I think this year and also the the Nuggets being at the top uh, all year long. Uh, I mean, uh, another guy, I mean, uh, Giannis, I, I think, should be in this conversation as well. Missed just as many games as Embiid. But uh, the, that's neither here nor there. This is the big debate. So I, I'm on the Joker. Zay, what side are you on? Well, let's be clear and get this right off the bat. Um, due to being contract and obligated. I am not allowed to talk gambling, so this is not a gambling point for the NBA. No one but, mentioned gambling, Zay. This is not. Um, I'll say this. I was in there Saturday. Um, the Knicks and um, Nuggets, as I am in there for most Knicks games. Um, I wasn't that impressed with Jokic. I thought the team around him you know, it is what it is. You got some solid pieces around him. But just from watching him, I just didn't get the same, like, you know, feel like he's the man that I did when, you know, 76ers came to town and the way they put the ball in Embiid's hand. And sometimes Embiid, he just knows what to do with the ball. And I watched Sunday night, and I've watched a lot recently with the Nuggets' recent struggles. Jokic has been making bad decisions. He's been pretty sloppy defense, lazy, getting up and down the court. I watched the Knicks game. He didn't seem to hustle that much. And once they, especially once he knew they were out of it, it didn't seem like he was much of a you know hustler up and down the court. But the thing with Embiid is Embiid always gives a hundred. That's what I've got to give him. As far as I've seen from what I've seen from what I've watched this year, many I've seen him many times. Uh, that guy plays with a high motor and. Again, offensively, he's super gifted. He's super talented. Defensively, super talented for a seven-footer to do what he does and, and just be so crafty sometimes. 
And again, they're both, don't get me wrong, they're both very valuable to their teams. When the you know game comes down to the clutch, the teams are both looking for both those guys to make a play. I just think, for me, more recently this year, Embiid has been making the better plays for his team. It's just, you know, just what from what I've seen, from what I've watched, could it be the recent struggles that, you know, Joker, Joker's are going through right now and um, this whole team, obviously, with that recent skid? They lost last five in a row before beating the Nets or something like that. Um, yeah, it was five. Yeah, there's a lot going on with that team. Um, it, it, outside of just jokage, so the, you know, again, obviously the playoffs will come. They'll see. We'll see what these teams are going to be in the playoffs. My, I honestly think, obviously, the 76ers have a better chance of making a deeper run. I think they have a better team right now. I think they have a better situation uh, as far as matchup wise for the playoffs as they go. And again, I just think they have the more reliable players currently. I don't know if Michael Porter Jr. is going to be there. We don't know what you're going to get with Murray. Jamal Murray, he's, you know, he's there. He's not there. Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's bad. I just don't know what I'm going to get. And obviously, it was Aaron Gordon. I'm just, uh, yeah, I've never been on his bandwagon. I've always thought he's a hot and cold player. When he's hot, he's hot. When he's cold, he is, you know, just basically gone and disappeared. And that's a, another reason why he ended up in that team in the first place, because he couldn't carry his prior team to a championship. Uh, I believe Orlando. Am I tripping? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Orlando. Orlando, yeah. Just want to make sure. So yeah, this again, it's gonna be it's gonna for the votes for that and all that's gonna come down to which one of these guys show up in the playoffs because like you said, pretty much even years, they both and they pretty much both mean the same amount to their teams as far as MVP status goes. So uh, it's probably gonna come down to who has the better playoff performance of the two. Uh, if I had to pick. I'd probably go and beat right now though. Yeah, I. I... But, but I, I I think the the Nuggets kind of understand. Like I I think they're kind of taking. I I understand what you're like saying, like how he takes his foot off the gas. But I, I remember having a similar similar conversation about the Warriors. Like I think you start gearing up, you start going. Uh, I, I think you you start gearing up for the playoffs. You, you're more focused on that, especially when you have a playoff spot clinched and you're already going there. So I I, I get that, but I I said it three and five without Joker, nine and four without Embiid. Yeah, I, I think more are, more valuable. Who are those matchups against? Are those up against the weaker teams in the league? Are those up against the better teams in the league? Okay, I don't know if you're nine and five and the teams you beat were teams in the bottom of the East without them. Well, then, yeah, you know, you did what you're supposed to do when you have James Harden and uh, and um, what's his name? Uh, Maxi. Maxi, excuse me. Yes. Tobias Harris and these guys. Like, when you have these, what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to beat up on teams. You're supposed to have those guys fill in. Let's not forget, you know, James Harden is a star in his own right. So uh, it's very, very hard to use that argument on, you know, who's here, who's that, you know what I'm saying? Because, again, let's be real. John Morant, you know, when when he's playing, the Grizzlies, you know, have a worse record than when he's not playing. 
Does that mean that the Grizzlies are a better team without Jabari? No, that's stupid. That's, that's silly talk. Sometimes, though, the records just happen to work out that way. And I, I think people put too much emphasis on, well, when he's not there, they're winning. When he's left. No, that, that, that's that's just silly talk. All right. All right. Well, we will see. Um, I, I do. I'm with Joker. You're with Embiid. I, I will preface this also by my excuse will be voter fatigue if Jokic loses. So <laughs> be prepared for that. But uh, all right, that's going to do it for today. Zay, thanks for coming on. Uh, big shout out to Chris Soria and Macomb Mortgage for sponsoring today's episode. Also, big shout out to Clovercrest Media. Make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com. Uh, also, follow, uh, subscribe on YouTube, follow on Facebook, like on Facebook, all that stuff, Clovercrest Media, and check out all the other great podcasts uh, there as well. Um, throwing Jabs, uh, big fight last weekend, another big fight coming up, uh, Keys to the City, Sports Talk with R&J, breaking down March Madness and all that stuff. Uh, everything you got there, Clovercrestmedia.com. Uh, that's going to do it for today. I'm Big Jace. That's King Zay. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next week on more John About the G-Men. Peace out, everyone. Open. Shepard all alone. Shepard breaks a tackle. And into the end zone. Sterling Shepard. It's he. Thibodeau got there. Got the ball out. Scooped it and scored! Touchdown Giants! Kayvon Thibodeau! Second down, five, Jones again. Oh, here he goes! He can see the pylon! Touchdown! Barkley looking for a seed. Great cut, Saquon Barkley in for the touchdown! Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.